At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino in the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. And, Michael, this is something that you saw and I just saw on Twitter. And it, it kind of gets me going a little bit, too. And it is these comments, for those that are not aware. J.J. Redick is almost... I'd say he, he's, he's known now for saying about Bob Cousy back in the day for the Boston Celtics that, like, you know, who did he play against? He went up against firemen and plumbers, right? That's who was guarding Bob Cousy. And then people today hear that and they go, yeah, that guy couldn't play in today's era because J.J. Redick said so. So we have to take it as gospel. Well, they call Jerry West the logo for a very good reason because he is the logo when you win the NBA championship. Um, Jerry West retorted, and he said this, and I quote, about J.J. Redick. He's a smart kid, but tell me, what does his career look like? What does he do to determine games? He averaged 12 points a game. Somewhere along the way, numbers matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do I you- mean, and look, I think, 
I think there's always a disconnect, and I and I've learned this from writing my book. There's always, and I and I and I'm a guilty of this too, right? Like I would often say, there's no way Buckus could play today. Wrong. Buckus would be great today. Yes. Be better today than he was, you know. And so there's always this: the present moment is better than the past, and we lose kind of a little bit of that because. A lot of the players from the past, nobody sees them. Nobody watches them. I mean, nobody watched Elgin Baylor. Nobody's seen the great Oscar Robertson. Yes. Nobody watched Bob Cousy. You know, there's such a distant memory that we don't we don't even have them on the tip of our tongues. And so, you know, nobody remembers that Wilt Chamberlain was the most dominant force in all of sports. <laughs> you know, and 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 so because you don't remember, you get discredited. Like today's game is the better game. Well, first of all, it's not. The guys don't even play all the games. Those guys, A, they didn't have private planes, right? They flew they flew commercial everywhere they went. You know, they didn't have half the the, – the, they probably wore the same shoes for the most of the season, right? <laughs> they didn't have a brand-new pair of shoes every no game. No technology, right. Zero technology. You know, they had, the, you know, sleep habits. Get out of here. Nutrition, get out of here, you know? I mean, Red Auerbach used to – he used to eat Chinese food every evening because it was the only place that was open right. when the games were over. That's why that's why that book by Feinstein uh, came out uh, about him and having the, the, the dinner club. So I think to me what Jerry's saying is, is look, you, you know, you, you were a nice player, J.J., and you were a nice player. Yeah. But you didn't tilt the you didn't tilt the thing and you didn't win championships. So, like, don't don't disrespect the past. Yes. You know. And I think that's what we do too often. Oh, it, it is. It is. Like, I, I hear. I hear. I hear it in Philly all the time. There's. Oh, Joel Embiid's so much better than Moses Malone. Like that's not even a conversation. Like that's not even a conversation worth having. Like nobody understands Moses Malone was. Now the game's different. Yes. You know. Moses needed the ball in the low post. Moses was one of the great offensive rebounders in the game. Moses worked his tail off. Yada yada yada. All those things. You know. It was a different game. But don't disrespect the great Moses Malone. No, no, I, I've heard it. And I have some great friends in this industry that I debate this to to this day. And it comes in context today with, with the great Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald is unbelievable. But they act like Aaron Donald reinvented the defensive tackle position. They go, well, nobody's that size and speed combination. That's why they, they, you have to tr- you know, have three guys, a guard and a tackle in the center. Try to, and I go, John Randall was the same, the exact same specs as Aaron Donald. Warren Sapp was actually bigger than Aaron Donald. And like and, and some say the the best three technique ever played defensive tackle. So like Aaron Donald. How about Gino Marchetti? Yeah, How about right. Gino Marchetti? Like I, I mean, try I try to point know, this nobody, out. The, the, there's nobody, been guys that did this. Nobody even knows who Gino Marchetti is. It's like Debo Samuel's this unique player because he runs with the ball and he catches passes. Well, so so did the great Lenny Mitchell, and he did it better than Debo did. Right. I, you know, Lenny Mitchell was Lenny Mitchell was Debo before Debo. No question about it. Like they're gonna, the kids in twenty years, and when the next next kids, they're gonna look back at Shaq and go, "Well, that guy was a dinosaur. He couldn't play in today's game because he can't shoot." I'm like, "What?" Like that's the thing. They they don't understand what somebody's skill set was. Say a Will Chamberlain, to your point. You know, Will could actually shoot, but it wasn't. They didn't have three pointers back then, so it wasn't. It there wasn't an emphasis to step away to get the extra point that we do to, in today's game, right? Like Steph Curry has revolutionized the game because now the emphasis is on three point shooting. We actually get into analytics and say, well, the mid range is a bad shot. Well, Kawhi Leonard is still a dominant force in the game and has won a championship, and he's not a three point shooter. 
He's more of a mid-range yeah. guy. So you can yeah. you can I'm, do it different ways, but the kids think that the way they see it today has to be the best way, and the old way, the Bob Cousy way, is the archaic way. And that drives me crazy. Right. Well, I think partly because we never go back into where history started. You know, one of the things when you read the great writers in our in our country, the David Halberstam, and you read his books, what Halberstam does is he sets you in the time period so you learn about what is going on around you. Right. What is really it like to be in 1950 and the Korean conflict is going on? Mm. What were what was being said? What was being talked about? What was the the, the, the moment in the country. So you have a better understanding of the decisions. But when you start to look back and evaluate decisions from today in the past, you're missing a complete element. And that's what happens with the player evaluation. We don't understand the dynamics. You know, we don't, I mean, that the travel, the hotels. Right. You know, I mean, some of these guys, I mean, th there was a time period and, you know, I mean, Vince Lombardi refused to take his team to the South because his players all couldn't stay in the same hotel. That's right. It happened in basketball. You know, we're not that far from that era. No. You know, I, the disconnect of that. And so, you know, if you don't understand all those things that affect your on-the-court performance, it becomes, very, it becomes very challenging. And I think Jerry said it in a nice way. He kind of put J.J. in his place well, in the sense that, hey – Dude, you were a plumber. Yes, that's exactly Without saying it. you were a plumber. He's, he's basically saying, J.J. Redick, you're the fireman, you're the plumber of today's era. Like, you're a guy. And, and that, that, that's, that's okay. I mean, we love to be guys. I'd love to be a guy that, that got J.J.'s money and, and got to play and just be a specialist. And, 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 I, and I love that J.J. shares his opinions. Yes. I think it's great. Yes. I, I think it's wonderful. I think we need more of that transparent conversation, especially from the worldwide leader who just can't wait to talk about how great everybody is. So I, I get that. But I think we have to pay attention to some of these players in the past, these great football players that played. I mean, you know, we talk about Aaron Donald. There was a time in the National Football League, Alan Page is still alive. Alan Page oh, was as dominant as any defensive tackle you could ever see. And had Alan Page played today and he could have been allowed to rush because he was a great pass rusher. If he could rush today in a game where it's 40 throws, he could have been even better. Remember, now, with a lot of the times, we didn't keep track of sacks. Deacon Jones. Or quarterback hurries. Deacon, Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones. Now, right. he played more end than tackle, but he could have been a tackle. Yeah. Right? You know, Merlin Olsen played inside oh. there. Well, see, you know, there's so many great players that played this game that we don't have enough understanding of how talented they were. Well, Mike, Randy White of the yes. Cowboys. Oh, Manster. Absolutely. What drives me crazy is it's called the evolution theory, right? That now everything must be bigger, stronger, faster. But what I try to do is I try to tell some of the younger folks today, I go, well, go back and look at the guys. It's not that long ago when you look at a John Randall and compare him to Aaron Donald. Go back and look at Warren Sapp and compare him to Aaron Donald. This bigger, stronger, faster theory, to me, doesn't hold water. Great in any era, I think will be great in any era. Like Lawrence Taylor, tell me that Lawrence Taylor still wouldn't be a dominant football player. and He'd be better because you can't cut guys anymore that you yeah. pointed out in this show before. Rule changes are, are a big reason why people don't look back and understand how the game was played in the 70s and 80s versus the way the game's played today. So when Jerry West makes those comments about J.J. Redick, I think, he, to your point, he's doing it politely, but I try to do this politely, too, in the NFL. What's best today doesn't mean that it's better than what we saw in generations past. Is that fair? That's fair. And I think we just – all I'm saying is respect everything. Yeah. You know, show respect. It doesn't matter 
you know, that if you don't understand the past, you know, Steve Jobs had a great saying. He said, you can't connect the dots moving forward. You have to connect the dots moving backwards. Mm -hmm. So to really understand how good the players are today, you have to understand how great the players were in the past. You got to connect those dots. Yeah. And if you don't, you'll never have a great sense of appreciation for the players currently. And I think that's really what Jerry West was saying in a very, very kind way for a guy who is, you know, clearly oh, defending his era of sports. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear it all the time with Kevin Durant and Charles Barkley, right? Like Durant's like, oh, you're just a hater. Like, and I think Chuck and Shaq on the TNT set kind of look at Kevin Durant and go, Dude, you, you really don't know what this era was like. You don't know the physicality of the game. And I think a lot of old school football players do the same thing with today's players. They go, man, you don't understand. We would cut you. Like that back then, it was legal. We'd have one guy hold yeah. you and the other guy's cutting you. Like you don't know what that's like. And so I think that, you know, the Durant translation, sometimes it gets lost because they he can't. Kevin Durant cannot understand what it was like to play in Shaq and Barkley's era, right? He just can't because no it doesn't exist today. And the other thing is, too, we don't talk about modern medicine has changed the game, right? right? If you got injured in the past, Achilles or, a, or an ACL, your career was over. That's right. Not, not today. Now you're back in a year and sometimes better than ever. Uh, Michael, let's get into some of the things that you discussed with Femi and the GM shuffle of some of your blue chip and red chippers. Let's do defensive ends and maybe even sneak some of those tackles in as well. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, the College Football Guide is out now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles for every team with advanced stance and power ratings. So, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription Make this football season your best football season ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. Michael, you and Femi do a great job on the GM shuffle. I'm not just saying that because Femi has walked into the studio here. <laughs> but uh, you look at the blue and red chip I love players. that Femi gets there early. He every does. Day. I mean, I love my man. My man is there. He brings his tool belt. He's yes, there he does. early. He's ready to go. You know, we need awesome. to have a side camera just on Femi as he prepares for the show here. Uh, I do want to talk about what you guys talked about on the GM Shuffle, and that is red chip defensive ends. And again, I'm so glad after, after the conversation we just had about you know players from, from different eras and how they kind of almost relate to today's players. Because it is different maybe what's asked of a defensive end now than was asked of a defensive end in yesteryear. So when you look at the current crop to get to your red chip DNs, what do you want to see from a DN to make him available for your criteria? Well, I want to see two things. I want to see his ability to power a defensive end, an offensive tackle back to the quarterback. I think often the mistake that is made, and me included, we drafted Barcavius Mingo when I was in Cleveland, who could really run up the field, but Barcavius couldn't play with any power. Mm. And we thought he could, but we misjudged that. We thought he was going to get stronger. We thought he was going to be able to lower his body and do that. He could never do that. And you miss. And if you can't power a tackle back, if you can't take a 325-pound man and push him back and all you can do is run up the field, they'll eventually get to you. It's a little bit like a baseball pitcher that can only throw fastballs. You might have a great fastball, but by the sixth inning, you're going to get hit because mm-hmm. people are going to catch up to it. So the first thing got to be is power. The second thing you got to be able to do is tackle. <laughs> Nobody talks about tackling. 
right? Like, who's got strong hands? That's what I'm looking for, strong hands. Can you get the guy on the ground? Can you get the quarterback to where it's not just, oh, he got out of my hands. He escaped. You've got to be able to tackle. And, and if you can tackle and power, now all of a sudden everything comes in play. And when you look over the list, these guys that, that are coming off the ball, what, we, what, what Femi and I did was we broke it into two categories. Okay. Off the ball linebackers, which means you play stacked. Now, Parsons is in both categories, right? He plays on the line and off. We put him off the ball because that's his natural position. Mm-hmm. But T.J. Watt plays on the line. He does drop, but he's more of a defensive end than he is a linebacker. You don't want T.J. Watt in coverage. He does it in their zone concepts, but you really don't want that. However, you want him coming forward, and at 255 pounds, he can power a tackle back. That's what makes him so unique. That's why he had 22 and a half sacks. That's why he had he led the league in sacks and quarterback pressures. So you got uh, Chandler Jones, Trey Hendrickson, Robert Quinn, Cam Jordan, and Shaq Barrett as red chippers. Not quite blue chippers, but still red chippers. One other thing, kind of combining our conversations, if you will, would have been, I had the, the great privilege uh, when Deacon Jones was still around to interview Deacon, and he talked about, like, I'm a quarterback killer, head slap, I'm getting the quarterback down to the ground. To today's players and some of these, this, these great five here that you see as red chippers, they almost have to worry when they get to the quarterback how to tackle because you just mentioned right. tackling, right? They actually have to think about all of these things that they didn't have to think about back then. It's such a disadvantage, it feels like, where I tackle the quarterback. These five guys as red chippers, how do you coach that in now, Michael, to say, all right, when you beat your tackle, when you do the swim move and beat the guard, now you can only hit in this zone for a quarterback. That's got to be challenging for defensive ends. It is. I think ultimately what you got to be able to do is teach it, right? You can't go low. You know, you can't grab the face mask. You can't club the helmet. You know, it, it goes through the teaching of what you're allowed to do. I mean, back in the day, you could take three steps to hit the quarterback. It didn't care. You could throw him on the ground. Nobody was protecting him. Nope. You know, which tells you how great these quarterbacks were because they kept getting up. I mean, they kept getting up, right? And so if you keep getting up from that, my Lord, you know, <laughs> that, that's kind of remarkable. But th- this is what, what, what the game became. And I think ultimately you just got to coach it. And the players are adaptable to it, right? And what you can't do is use your hand. You can't just grab. You know, you great clip of Lombardi on the sideline. <laughs> grab, grab, grab. Right. You know, if you start grabbing, these guys are too strong. They get away from it. Mm. You got to be able to get your shoulder, get your fore- – you got to be able to get the qu- quarterback on the ground. Mike Mamula. Oh, man. The Eagles' first-round draft pick out of Boston College. Mike Mamula is known as a blown pick. Well, Mike Mamula was really a very good player that couldn't tackle. Mm. He got to the quarterback. He just couldn't get him on the ground. He wasn't like he never got there. Like, Mike Mamula could get there. He just couldn't get him on the ground. And so he became a blown pick because his production didn't match his pick because he was close enough and just not there. And I think ultimately the great players, like these guys in this category, I mean, you know, these guys that play in this category, they were able to get guys on there. I mean, Hendrickson, you know, he had, he had 29 quarterback hits. The Quinn, I, I mentioned him, he had 17 tackles for losses, you know, 18 and a half sacks. I mean, Cam Jordan hit the quarterback 22. I mean, that's how you get turnovers when you hit the quarterback. Sacks are great. Love them. But all sacks are, unless you tackle Daniel Jones, are just the next play. Because the ball typically doesn't come out unless it's Daniel Jones. Then it always comes out. But the reality of it is, is what you want is hurries. You want to be able to pressure that quarterback to where, oh, my God, he's got to throw. I got to throw it quick, quicker than I want. 
Yeah, it's fascinating because you're right. You'd almost want that ball to come out and see if you can make a turnover off that ball versus the sack, which is great too. So we'll give out the blue chip. Well, look at like the perfect example of the sacks are what Joe Burrow did in the Super Bowl. Uh, what Joe Burrow did all through the playoffs. Right, Tennessee. It drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. It drove me crazy because when you're a quarterback in the National Football League, there's certain places on the field you can't take a sack. You just can't take a sack. Sure. Because now all of a sudden the 48-yard field goal becomes a 54-yard field goal. And Burrow was doing this, but the great McPherson was covering up for him. Yeah. 14 for 14. Yeah, Evan absolutely bailed out some of those uh, questionable decision-making if he couldn't get the ball out for Joe Burrow, but it worked out at least to get all the way to the Super Bowl. We'll give out the blue-chip defensive ends tomorrow. We saw the red chippers. I do want to move to the tackles. And so I ask you the criteria for the ends. What's your criteria to get to be a blue-chip or red-chip level for defensive tackle? Well, I think the you know what, what I think we do a bad job is explaining to the fans what impacts a quarterback the most, and it's not guys coming off the edge; it's guys coming straight towards them, mm-hmm. right? And so the paint we talk about the paint in basketball. Who controls the paint in basketball, right? Who is in that shaded area on the basketball court? Well, the NFL has a shaded area in the passing game: the outside shoulder of the right guard to the outside shoulder of the left guard, all the way back six yards. That's the paint. And if you're not in the paint with as a defensive tackle, if you don't have somebody in that paint pressuring that quarterback straight ahead, you, he's going to step up and throw the ball. And he's going to be able to see down the field. This is what affects Murray. Right. Whenever anybody gets in the paint on Kyler Murray, he has a hard time. And especially if the ends squeeze down, because now everything's in front of him. He can't escape. There's no Harry Houdini move he can use. <laughs> so tackles are measured by can they get into the paint? You know, can they get somewhere where they're going to disrupt the passing game and have the quarterbacks feel them coming towards them where they can't step up? Remember, quarterbacks throw the ball with their lower body, not their arm. Their arm is talented. Their lower body drives the ball. If I can't step into it like a shortstop who can't step into a throw to the first baseman, I don't have as much on the ball. Turnover happens. So you look at the five that you have for red ship defensive tackles, and these guys are going to do exactly what you mentioned, create havoc in front of the quarterback. You look at Hargrave in, in Philadelphia. You got Jones in Denver. Vitavea, boy, that big boy's coming at you in Tampa Bay. Cam Hayward, we know how good he is. And Christian Wilkins, uh, a relative newcomer to this list here, coming out of Clemson down there for the fight and fish. What distinguishes those five to be red chippers in your estimation? Well, they all push the pocket. They're all tough to block against the run. I mean, Vita Vey is almost impossible to knock yeah. off the ball, right? And now he's got Akeem Hicks. If Akeem Hicks is healthy, that combination inside will be better than Sue at him because both Vita Vey and Hicks play the same way. They just keep pushing people back into the pocket. There's no finesse to their game. You know, Wilkins is a really talented athlete who pushes the pocket. He only had, he only had four and a half sacks, which is pretty good for a tackle. But he's getting in the paint, and he's able to push the pocket. You know, he's able to create some problems. And, and I think D.J. Jones, just look at what D.J. Jones did in the playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. He single-handedly dominated the, the Connor Williams. And, and even though Connor Williams got a huge contract with the Miami Dolphins, it was a problem. Hargrave earlier in the year was really good for Philly. He was so much better than Fletcher Cox. Mm. And he's a dominant inside guy who could push the pocket, came from Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh had Hargrave and Hayward on their line at one time. They just couldn't afford them both. So – I'm looking for push. I want affect the quarterback inside out. I want to be able to force him to have to step up, and he can't step up. Nothing affects Tom Brady more 
than his inability if he can't step up. No question about it. That's why you got to check out the GM Shuffle with Michael and Femi of BFA. They do a great job. You guys do uh, excellent work on that. If you're a football fan, it is a must-listen, certainly. All right, when we come back, let's talk some baseball. And we got into it a little bit yesterday, and I love the conversation about Juan Soto, where he might go, and whether or not Shohei Otani is a better bet at MVP or at Cy Young. Maybe he took a hit last night with what happened with the Angels. Josh Towers is going to join the program next right here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Vston, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM. App. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line. And, Michael, it's a conversation that has gripped not only the network, but I'd say the betting baseball world, and that is – Shohei Otani. And I want to bring in Josh Towers right now to continue this conversation. You can follow him as I do at No Don't Josh, which Josh, I, I believe alludes to don't hit send on Twitter. Is that <laughs> what your handle refers to? Yeah, yes. And yesterday I did not I did not follow my own advice for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. You got to mix it up on social media, Josh. I have no problem with that. You know, you know, Femi's in studio. We're talking about it with Steven uh, during the break as well. You know, I look at Shohei Otani, and this is a conversation Michael and I had yesterday. I feel like baseball wants to give him one of the two. I'm not saying he's not deserved of either one. He's minus 115 to win MVP. You know, Judge hits a couple bombs. He's still plus $1.45 in the betting market. But maybe Shohei and the Cy Young took a hit. He's the third betting favorite now at 10-1 to after last night's, I'd say, lackluster performance. But really, it was just one bad inning. Josh, what do you make of that conversation for Shohei? Is he going to, from a betting perspective, in your eyes, at least win one of the two? Yeah, he's going to win the MVP. Uh, and again, we talked about this yesterday. I think it was J.D. Martinez. I'm not sure who it was, uh, who sent a tweet out that said Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP for the next five years at least. Uh, it's and, and, and when players recognize it as well, what he's doing is just on another level. And I know all the haters are going to say, uh, you know, he's hitting 256 or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you start trying to compare 46 and a home and 100 to last year's. It's it's impossible. But then he's gotten better on the mound this year, even though the offense has taken a back seat. And, and let's be realistic. The Angels are a very good team. And I think if you take Shohei Otani off that team, they're by far the worst team in baseball. And I don't even think it's close. I don't even think, you know, we ever have a discussion. They're the Baltimore Orioles in the last two years. Right. So uh, what he's doing is just exceptional. And, and again, last night is, 
it's, it's weird because those types of things can happen to us, but it also shows you that sometimes um, trying to do too much for your team gets a little bit difficult mentally. I mean, he gave up one hit and struck out 11 through six innings on like 65 pitches or something insane. He was just as locked in as you can ever be. And then all of a sudden that seventh inning comes around and he gives up five hits, six runs, one walk and no punches, you know, in a third of an inning. And it just went to skids. And now it kind of gives people a way to talk about, well, maybe he's not either one, but the reality is, is, no one in the world has ever done what he's done. And while he's doing it, to me, it's impossible. He's not the MVP. And so you, you, you Josh, you know, I, I mean, I, I get that he's doing something that's rare. I, I understand that. But isn't this a little bit of more about him being rare than it is him being the best player at one position in the league? I mean, it's really more about two. He's doing two things for the price of one. But like to me, I, I have a hard time understanding is is the most valuable player in the league. Is he a guy that bats what he bats at, you know, his on pace percentage and all those things? How is that? I, I, I don't get that. Like, to me, elite is yeah. elite, and I don't see him as elite in that. I, I get the fact that he's a jack-of-all-trades. He he's doing everything, and it's remarkable. I respect the hell out of that, right? You know, yeah. 2.8 ERA, all those things. But I don't want to, to give him the MVP for hitting, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, well, it's not just for hitting, right? It's for both. And and I see what you're saying. People, you know, you know, try to lobby for that. Um, and, and and on one hand, you almost have an argument, but on the other hand, uh, so go ask Tom Brady to play linebacker and play both sides the entire time. It's impossible. And 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 there's a lot of different positions like NBA. They don't even play basketball, so it's an irrelevant conversation. <laughs> he's the most valuable player to our league, and it's not even close. And he's 100% the most valuable player to the Anaheim Angels. So I mean, it's it just. It, 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 it's almost like, all right, how can we prove that if he never pitched, he wouldn't be twice as good of a hitter. We wouldn't even be talking about judge if, if he didn't pitch. And if we didn't hit, then would he be on Jacob DeGrom's level? Because he appears to be that guy as well. Right. And so this guy's trying to figure out a way to do both. I've always told Mike, I've always told everybody, I'll let you go and be a hitter in the big leagues for a month. And then we'll stop that. I'll let you go and be a pitcher in the big leagues only for a month. And then we'll let you try to do both. And I bet a lot of people would quit or they're just going to fall flat on their face. Like what he's been able to do has just been remarkable because listen, I was a pitcher only and trying to prepare myself every five days and know what your body goes through and how to get in the right positions to be successful and not be sore, et cetera, the recovery aspect. And then he goes out there and hits as well. And, and it's the same thing as an argument for me. Like for me, when I played, like I remember David Ortiz used to call himself Superman he used to walk around with the Superman shirt. And I remember saying to the media and to David one day, Superman would play defense. So how can you ever give an MVP to a guy who never puts a glove on to me? That's impossible as well. So I don't know. I just, the argument goes two ways. Well, let me very quickly. Hold on, David. Yep. One second. I want to ask this question. Since you played Josh and you've been, a, you know, yes, you sir. understand the game way a hell of a lot better than I do. Take me through like, what is his routine during the week, right? Like, what is his routine? Like, what does he spend his time on? Like, I'm fascinated to know, like, how does he take the, the pie of his life and his workout and yeah. cut it into portions? That's what I'm curious about as well. And that's, what, again, for me, what's so impressive. So, like, today I just went seven innings last night. I threw whatever, and then I had a very stressful last inning. I'm super sore today. So the first thing that I'm doing when I get to the field after whatever breakfast or lunch I have is I'm going for a 20-minute run to flush my system so that I can start the recovery aspect. And I probably jumped on the treadmill for 10 minutes after the game last night to start the process of, her, you know, you know, getting that recovery aspect and getting that lactic acid and everything built up out. And then for me – 
Day one is I'm going to do a full body workout because I know tomorrow I have a bullpen. Now, Shohei probably has an extra day on the bullpen, but today's a full body workout so I can get that out of the way, get to maintaining of the strength, and I can start the process of throwing my pen, which I'm going to be sore the next day, et cetera. Well, he doesn't get to do any of that because guess what? Shohei has to play today. Shohei has to go out there and get four at bats and lead off or bat second or do whatever. And so I can't. Shohei Otani cannot tire himself out because he has to legitimately be ready to be an offensive player in tonight's game and be the standout star, right? So what does he do to recover for baseball for the pitching aspect when he has to focus on hitting? So most hitters, what they do when they lift is they're going to lift after tonight's game because that's the longest amount of time they have to recover for tomorrow. They're not going to lift tomorrow on the day of their game, right? So I don't know what he's doing to do all of this, but I'm unbelievably impressed by it. It's great to having Josh Towers to, to have this conversation. And I, I, just, I just want to ask a little bit about Aaron Judge because I understand your David yeah. Ortiz equivalents, right? He, he's a DH, right? So he can't be Superman. Aaron Judge is not a good defensive player. He's a great defensive player. So he, he is a two-way player. He hits two more bombs last night. Yankees win again. He's got 36 in the year. You know, and he's plus money in the MVP market. Like, what does Aaron Judge have to do to say, I do everything and I'm an everyday player? And I play great defense, and I'm, oh, by the way, the most dangerous hitter right now in the game. Like, I'm the best team in baseball right now. Is that not a, 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 an, an argument that you can certainly make for the MVP backers of Aaron Judge? Yeah, he's definitely making a, a pretty strong case. I mean, the fact that since the uh, – basically, like I said, was June, June 20th, June 24th, something like that, he's only hit like a buck fifty since then. You know, he's, you know, obviously had a good day yesterday. So, like, he can't have these lulls and inconsistency. The good thing about Aaron Judge is he was started the season so – unbelievably strong that his numbers are heavily inflated and, and the problem with us as baseball fans and media and television is we only put up the offensive numbers right so when we put up 36 home runs and 77 rbis and he's leading the league it looks fantastic and so it's easy to talk about because the sporting world i mean look fantasy football look at anything the sporting world is based on offense and offensive only so that's where we super we get really excited and so what show atani did last year was more offensive than, than we gave him credit for pitching. And so it's easy to hand him the MVP. Um, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, listen, he's going to have to do something very special. The home runs are going to have to get into the fifties. If he can get up near 60, which he's on pace for, I think it, it, it brings a pretty good argument. Um, but the, re- the reality is, is I think if you talk to every player, I think they're very realistic about none of them can do what Shohei's doing. And, and so that's the whole thing. But again, we're not the voters, right? I mean, it's the voters and what they think and, and how they interpret what an MVP is. And so, you know, Judge definitely is on pace. He could, but why are we just talking about Judge? Because that guy over there in Houston is having just as good a year as him, if not better. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Let, let, quickly, before we go, Josh, and I know we only have a minute to go, but give me yes, your sir. reaction to Soto turning down the contract <laughs> and then naturally the, the, the Nationals not flying him out there privately. Well, no one gets filmed privately, so that conversation is absolutely irrelevant. We get a book ticket for us on first class, so whoever thinks that teams should be flying guys privately, that's just idiotic, and so I don't understand why Boris didn't send his own jet to go get him. That's just yes, the dumbest right. thing I've ever heard. Yes. That's, that's crazy. Uh, 15 years is probably the reason, and how many how many contracts have they messed up? They tried to get Bryce Harper to defer like over $100 million, so who knows the lingo? I think the Nationals messed up. 
I wish Josh had something to say, Michael. I really do. Love it. <laughs> I love it, Josh. You can come on anytime and talk about it. I love it. You're Appreciate right. You like, guys, Boros, Boros tries to get sympathy for a guy who turns down four hundred million. I mean, uh, that that, that t that's a ma that's PT Barnum stuff right there. That's great. The dumbest conversations of all time. Uh, Josh, really appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We didn't even get to talk USC. We'll do it next with Thomas Gable. Come on back to Lombardi Line on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First bet 
Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for the details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Back alongside Mike Lombardi, I'm Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. Always a pleasure to bring in Thomas Gable from the Borgata in New Jersey. Follow him on Twitter as I do at T Gable Sports. Thomas, welcome, my friend, on this Saturday morning. I want to ask because there's an event getting ready to start in about 15 minutes over in jolly old London, UFC London, getting ready to begin. And I know it's huge over there, but I'm curious on the East Coast on a Saturday morning, are people getting up early to bet this event? Yeah, yeah, they are, Dave. They certainly are, and it's uh, uh, again, it's it's kind of um, you know, it's certainly starting here early, starting right around lunchtime locally here. So um, you know, it's, you have some day baseball going on, and then you also have UFC. And the good thing is, the main event will be uh, slated to go off right around when people start to kind of come out and come off the beach and come out of the pool and get ready for dinner. So. Uh, I, I think it'll be okay timing-wise for us. Uh, it should be uh, should be a fun card to bet. We can get into more of the card in a second. I just want to go back to – I was listening a little bit to your previous segment there with, with Josh mm-hmm. on uh, Otani and the MVP. And it's a fascinating conversation to have from the perspective of uh, what Otani is doing and, and has been doing uh, from both pitching aspect and offensively and comparing him to others uh, – like Judge, uh, who are kind of in the running at this point. Um, and you say, well, if Otani continues to do this year after year after year, does that mean he's going to continue to win the MVP every year? But I think when you're looking at this from a betting perspective, you're handicapping not just the athletic achievement, but you also have to handicap human decision. You have to handicap the voters. Yes. And what they're going to look at and – whether that is fatigue and Otani fatigue, I'm, you know, we've already seen it. People are already making cases why he should not win it um, again. So, and, and Judge, listen, if the guy goes for uh, the, the Yankee record and, and surpasses Maris's home run record in a season, uh, by all means he should be considered. But I think just strictly from a betting perspective, we really need to focus also that this is, again, an award that's being voted on by other humans. There's mm-hmm. going to be biases that creep up into that. And whether that's, and I know you're from the area, David, that's a New York bias with the mm-hmm. larger media, uh, you know, media center. Uh, that could certainly come into it as well. And that's all things you have to consider, not just the pure athletic achievement of what's going on in the field. Couldn't agree more. This is something Michael and I talked about passionately yesterday, Michael, is that when you have these awards where interpretation, it's, it's not like, hey, look at these numbers, and then based on the numbers, right. X gets the, the award. It is going to be bias that plays into it. And so I, I, I get, you know, I, I, I love having Josh on. I think he's great. And, you know, I, I do take umbrage a little bit with the fact of, well, you take them off the Angels and they're the worst team. They still have Mike Trout, and they were kind of the, one of the yeah. worst teams even with Mike Trout, who was winning MVPs. So I don't know why the Angels can't make it work with two guys that are always up for MVP. But, Michael, this is the conversation we had yesterday, right, where it's going to be bias that plays into it. And I just feel like baseball wants to at least give him one of these two coveted awards. 
Well, the reason that, that you allow bias to come in is because, Thomas, you make the great point. This is all political, right? Because we don't have a criteria. Right. It's the reason the Hall of Fame is messed up. And this is what I wrote about in my new book. It's the reason why people don't understand the Hall of Fame. Dick Vermeil is in the Hall of Fame before Mike Holmgren. He's in the Hall of Fame before Mike Shanahan. He's in the Hall of Fame before George Seifert, who won two Super Bowls. There's no criteria. It all becomes political. It all, be, it all becomes, oh, look what Dick Vermeil did for the city of Philadelphia. He did. He's wonderful. It was tremendous. But there's coaches with a higher winning percentage. There's coaches with more wins. Marty Schottenheimer has 200 career wins. There's <laughs> only nine, nine people in the world that have that, right? He can't even get a sniff. So because there's no criteria. We don't have a criteria for what is the MVP. It, we still debate it. When I was a kid, we debated whether – is it the most valuable for the league or the most valuable for nobody knows because and so the reason they don't let you know because that allows people who don't know to vote because they can make their own criteria there should be a criteria for every vote that we have you should be able to meet because in scouting how do you find out talent how do you find talent in anything you do eliminations the first the rule so when you have a criteria you eliminate certain people they don't qualify. So, yeah, how do you handicap that here, Thomas? Because, you know, right now Otani is minus 110 to win uh, the MVP. I see he's, he's drifted a little bit in the Cy Young with the performance last night. How do you handicap for that because of these biases that we're talking about? Well, it's a good question. You know, we have Otani at even money right now, and uh, we have Judge at plus 130. And, and listen, this is coming from a book that uh, – Judge probably has about 45% of all MVP tickets <laughs> is on Judge right now uh, here. And, of course, we have a strong New York bias, strictly from the, the handle and action that we see. Uh, people are, are going to bet on the New York players and the New York teams. Um, but when you're looking at this, and you have to kind of take hints along the way, because go back to last season in the NFL with the NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. And remember, there was a voter who came out and said Hub Hub in advance, they're not voting for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're not voting right. for Aaron Rodgers. Because he didn't get a shot. And it, right. it wasn't because of anything, and it wasn't because of anything on the field. That's right. It was because of personal views. Which is ridiculous. Like, how in the world? Well, again, there's no criteria, though, Dave. Right. There's no, he could make that statement because there's no criteria. And these are the things we're wagering on. And so we try to educate our, our, our viewers and our listeners here as you have to take these things into account before you make these Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge uh, discussions. The Aaron Rodgers one, again, they did not want to give it to him politically. And then the numbers were just too damn good that they couldn't ignore. Is that the Aaron Judge pathway here? That the numbers, if he hits 63 bombs and he gets up in that hallowed, you know, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth categories of home runs. And I, I know we don't talk about Barry Bonds who's in the 70s, but I think people have already forgotten that. Like, is that what it's going to take for Judge here, Thomas, for those people to cash 45% of those MVP tickets? I think so. I think I think that's it. I think you're going to have to see him hit, you know, 62, 63 home runs, and then uh, then I think he has a legitimate shot. It's it's going to be wild down the stretch, and it does seem like Otani might shift and drift a little bit in the Cy Young. So it could come down to that MVP. But I just feel like these narratives 
you do have to take those into account uh, before you make those wagers. Uh, very quickly, and I, I guess hopefully in football, we don't have to worry about narratives. Well, you do for, for MVPs and those sort of things. But in college football specifically, Thomas, we talked about this a little bit with Carl Johnson down south. What are you seeing so far as we get closer and closer to college football there at the Borgata? Are people buying in again with Ohio State over Michigan, even though Michigan won the Big Ten last year? It feels like you're not getting a lot of Michigan money, but the Ohio State backers are going to come through again. Yeah, and we are seeing that. And I think when you look at uh, the teams on paper, I think Michigan's probably going to take a step back. And uh, Ohio State – Listen, offensively, they are, um, at least at the skill positions, you know, they're going to be as dangerous of any team offensively in the country. Now, yes, do you still have some question marks on defense with Ohio State? Sure. Uh, probably have some question marks along the offensive line. But uh, in terms of scoring, this team is going to put up a lot of points. And I think people uh, know that, and they're, they are backing them. I for sure, Ohio State should certainly be the favorite to, to win the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I just think it's good. Ohio, first of all, you know, Stroud's the best. You know, again, like anything we handicap, TG, it all comes back who's got the best quarterback. And Ohio State has the best mm -hmm. quarterback. And they're still not sure who's going to be the starter, whether it's McCall. You know, how they're going to work that this year. Maybe they're going to still split it like they did last year. It'll be interesting to see how good Michigan is offensively because we know they've lost two really good players defensively. Right. Right. And like you said, Stroud, uh, Stroud is, I, I believe, the, the best quarterback in college football. No doubt. Very quickly, no doubt. Are, are you seeing any liability for Stroud for Heisman? Are, are those bets starting to come in fast and furious? Uh, no liability on Stroud yet. He is the favorite two to one uh, right now. Bryce Young, the plus three fifty here. Uh, Caleb Williams is taking some money, um, but uh, right now, uh, no liability on Stroud. So uh, we're okay right now, uh, but obviously a long way to go with that. All right. By the way, it is a fascinating conversation, the Otani conversation, Thomas, and I'm glad you went there to follow up with, with Josh Towers because it is one that, again, in the betting market, that's the way you have to look at it. You have to look at it through the eyes of this is subjectivity, not necessarily objectivity uh, to cash those tickets. Thomas, it's an election. It's an election, <laughs> not a selection, David. <laughs> Very well put. Thomas, really appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy UFC London. Hopefully you're getting some thanks, action TG. on that as well. All right. Thanks, guys. I know you're on Blades there, Dave, right? I am on Curtis Blades at plus money, plus $1.15 for the kid from Chicago. I want to thank Thomas Gable. I want to thank Josh Towers and Carl Johnson. Michael, always enjoy the conversation. Uh, we got you locked and loaded right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.